You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Episode 6. Indulge Me These Theses. This episode is brought to you by money. It can't buy you love, but it can get you into heaven. We are almost there. We're almost at the point of Luther's greatest resistance. But before we get to his defiance, we need to talk about indulgences. Because it is indulgences that push Luther into doing what he would do. So please, indulge me. Hundreds of years before Luther, in the early days of Christianity, it was an oppressed religion within the officially pagan Roman Empire. Many Christians, protecting their identity as Christians, had sacrificed to the old Roman gods. Now, to regain admittance to the Church of St. Peter later on, they would need to produce a document with the signature of a Christian martyr or a confessor. A confessor was someone who had been persecuted as a Christian but who hadn't died as a martyr. It needed to be a document with the signature of someone with enough spiritual clout, enough cred to vouch for them coming back into the church. What this did is it created a role in Christendom. It created a role where there was someone who could effectively mediate between you and God, or the spiritual realm. By the 6th century, there were guidelines for confessors to to grant penance, and by the 10th century, penance could be granted following a donation to the church. Not long after this, all manner of people within the now very powerful ecclesiastical establishment were making money by exploiting people's everyday concern for the state of their souls. People would pay exorbitant amounts to wipe their spiritual slate as clean as they possibly could. In the 1400s, the church officially began granting permission for others to sell indulgences, whereby people paid money to reduce their time in purgatory. The condition was that half of the profit would be sent to Rome. In this system, temporal rulers such as the prince-electors of the Holy Roman Empire were able to fund their rule and their ventures, like crusades for instance, while the spiritual rulers in the Vatican were able to fill their coffers through this practice. There would have been a lot of fraud, of course. Within this system, there was no way of checking whether indulgences had actually been sold. So no, Mr. Pope, we didn't sell a single indulgence all day. So this practice existed as Luther went along his path towards his own theology that we've just spoken about. In the years leading up to 1517, he was preaching to his congregation on his newfound understandings that faith was all that mattered. It must have been refreshing in a world that really drove home the fear of God that he espoused the love and the mercy of God. Scott Hendricks, who wrote the recent Martin Luther, The Man and His Vision, wrote, 
Quote, His initial good was to teach that God was beneficent instead of punitive, and that Christianity was about trusting God and loving others instead of earning a ticket to heaven. End quote. So you can see how Luther at this stage would have felt about things like indulgences. Now, remember when I said how St. Peter's Basilica in Rome was being built, but it hadn't yet been built, and how the Vatican would need to raise a lot of funds to build it? Well, these funds came from the selling of indulgences. What happened is a guy called Johann Tetzel, who was a Dominican friar, he was given the job of selling indulgences in Germany for this cause. At the same time, the Archbishop of Mainz, one of the seven electors, he was a guy called Albert of Brandenburg. To raise the money for his appointment as Archbishop, he had borrowed a lot of money from a banking family called the Fuggers. He was desperate to pay the Fuggers back because they wouldn't leave him alone about it. They sent an agent with him just minding his coffer. So in 1516... Albert saw the opportunity to get rid of this debt, and he allowed Johann Tetzel to come into his territory, the Sea of Mines, and sell indulgences. Half of the money would go to the Vatican for the construction of St. Peter's, while Albert would be able to pay off his debtors, the Fugger family. Obviously, everybody was totally cool with this whole system and there was no reaction at all the vatican had deemed it godly and so and nobody was going to go against the vatican right except of course bloody martin luther luther found out about the indulgence industry in mainz because it was not too far from his own location his congregation were able to travel to tetzel and buy indulgences so word started to filter back to Luther. The man, now in his mid-30s, his mid to early 30s, who had first resisted his parents by veering off onto his own path, who had then wrestled with himself and his spiritual conflict within, arriving along the way with a new interpretation of the Bible and a fortification of his faith, that man would now finally come to his great action of resistance and defiance an act that would forever characterize standing up against authority and establishment. In the most symbolic and dramatic way possible, on the 31st of October, 1517, Martin Luther walked slowly up to the church door in his town of Wittenberg. In his hand were a hammer and a nail, as well as a document of his own making. The document was called the 95 Theses or the Disputation on the Power of Indulgences. Reaching the door of the church, you can see Luther hesitate, fully understanding the ramifications of what he was about to do. But he moves forward, determined and armed with his world-changing and unshakable faith. He holds the document up to the door, nail pinched between his finger and his thumb. He brings the hammer down with a crack. The echo whips across the town on the brisk late autumn air. With each blow, he exposes another crack in the foundation of order and reality. Soon the nail is submerged in the door, but another door for European humanity has opened. A door to the future, 
with Martin Luther and his defiance leading the way. What a great and inspirational story that is. A tale for the ages of resistance, defiance in the face of immense power. I love this story. And I also love the fact that it is completely rubbish. Fictional. Concocted over time by a mix of semi-truths and agenda to mythologize Luther and validate the movement that would grow out of his 95 Theses. In the next episode, we will go through Luther's resistance, what the 95 Theses were, and how the church and others reacted to it.